nice children, and welcome to my chamber. My name is Rotherick Gastblood, and I'm your host of Tales from the Dark Chamber. This week, we have a great show for you. Tales to make your skin crawl. Each week, my chambermate and I read a scary tale that we found on the internet, or perhaps left under some corpse. Either way, we think you're going to like it, and we're just dying for you to hear it. So sit right back, light a candle, and let's have a ghoul evening. <laughs> oh dear. What are you up to now? Oh, good morning, Rothrick. Yeah, I'm getting rid of this damn doll. I told you so. Oh, no, it didn't freak me out. No, ever since I got it, I've been having some really freaky dreams. Well, the store owner did mention consequences. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Well, since you asked, the totem... Represents the spirit It's a figure of... of speech. No, I mean, ever since we got it, I've been having some dreams of being in some house with people I know, but I don't know. I recognize them, but they're still strangers. Ever have that happen? Why now? Mom, what did you say your name was? <laughs> Funny, Ricky. No, I'm pitching this doll here. Hopefully I won't be having those dreams anymore. Audi, you don't suppose it could be caused by any medications you're taking, do you? Um, like what? Well, you've recently started taking an antihistamine for your allergies. You don't reckon that it might cause some unusual... Side effects. More than being just a ninny. Um, no? I mean, well, possibly. Uh, let me go check. Okay. It says here, may cause dehydration, nausea, blurred vision, irritated throat, and... Oh... Some mental changes. Oh, wow. You don't reckon that... Oh, Woody, I suggest you stop taking them. And let's see. You might feel better. Later. Well, Rothrick, you were right. I suppose it was the medication. Rothrick, you look... different today. I'm sorry. Have we met... But that does remind me of tonight's story. We read the rest of The Doll, Part 2, by Rob Blackfire, 364. The conclusion to the journey of young Max and his trip through the dream world. Enjoy! The Doll, 
by Ra Blackfire 364, Part 2 In Rapture I walked slowly, not needing to look back to know that the bloody girl was already gone. I wanted to be swallowed up in the blackness, the only way to escape this living nightmare. I looked at the doll, its hairs also floating as if it were underwater, and from it, a white light seeking in rays to escape the fiery blackness of its growing doll hair. Its head snapped to look at me, its empty button eyes catching the light. Everyone dropped, like dolls dropped from a forgetful and ignorant child. They bounced once and were still. The doll dropped last, and the powerful static pressing against the air dropped with it. The signs were unmistakable, but like all the rest I decided, decided to ignore them. Like they were not reality, to go along with what the others saw. And I saw my first death. I saw my brother running, but I saw that he had no face. It perturbed me to the depths of my soul, but I felt no alarm until I remembered the bloody girl's words as he ran toward the railroad ties to jump into the yard below. Who was he? Then I remembered. The doll did it, took her away from me, and now I can't remember her face or her name. The doll will take everything from you, everyone you love, and then it will take your soul. Joseph! No! I reached out for him, even going so far as to try to trip him before he could make the jump. But he jumped early, and it was all I could do to grab the back of his shirt. But it snagged free, and he fell low instead of far. I could hear the garden spikes sink tingly into my brother's flesh, and now his name too escaped my mind. I felt a horrible guilt that he had died, but when I went back inside, Isaiah, whose face was now blurred beyond recognition, did not remember Joseph. Who? It's just us three, Mickey, Max, and me. Max, do you have an imaginary friend? Even beyond its blur, I could see his face breaking into the earnest grin, and my heart sank through my chest into the chasms of the earth, where no light shone. It will take your soul. Let's have some fun, Isaiah. Let's throw rubber balls at Bionicles upstairs. Sure, man. It's been a while since we did that. We threw balls at the Bionicles, watching their limbs get knocked off. I knocked off one's head and the ball smacked against the wall and rebounded down the stairs. I'll get it, Isaiah reported over me, and it was then I forgot his name. I, oh, I, I, oh, I, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh. All my unearthly scream did was make him look back and lose his balance. He looked back right near the bottom and leaned back towards the far banister. The crack I heard was more than just wood, and he twisted, hitting the far wall of the landing upside down and twisted. His whole spine bent, but there was an extra snap, and the figure before me shuddered. For so long. He wouldn't stop moving.
He just kept moving and moving and moving. I jumped down the full set of stairs landing next to him and grabbed him. But he twisted and shook me off, and I was horrified when he had no face. A sob sucked the life from within me, and I hit my head so hard out of grief and kept hitting it over and over again. I didn't stop until I hit my face on the banister and it knocked my big tooth out, the one that nameless figure had never been able to knock out in life. Who was he? I went down to the kitchen, hungry for my last meal. Things seemed colder in the house, even more empty. Who knew I would miss all the yelling and anger? All the hate. I walked up to Mom, whose back was turned, chopping vegetables. Mom, what are you cooking? I heard the slit of something that was no vegetable. Fucking God! My mother wheeled around to look at me, knife whirling in her hand and blood on the other. Her face was completely livid, unnaturally livid. A witch's face. Its yellow eyes looked into mine for no more than a blink, and I ran far from the kitchen and into the living room, where Mickey, Mary, Rachel, and Dad were watching the news. The doll was with them. I could see their faces. So decided all was safe at the moment. I sat on the couch and watched TV with them, though not as close as Dad as I liked the farthest away. Finally, Michael elbowed me and I just moved over and I sat on the other couch where I could see into the kitchen too. Mom looked at me with the piercing yellow eyes, a bloody knife in one hand and a bloody wrist in the other. Just like that, she whirled around and started chopping vegetables furiously. Chop, 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 chop. I could see the blood rolling off the counter and soaking the food. As always, the hunger inside me roiled and came to nothing. I turned my attention back to the TV. A massive car pileup on the highway filled the screen, 34 already presumed dead. The camera went right up into one of the cars, and I could see my cousin's faces, mangled unrecognizably in the back. In the front and bleeding to death was my uncle and the remains of his wife. They put the microphone right up to his face. The doll! The doll did it! Just just to get us! It doesn't care how many others it kills! It will consume anything and anyone in its path with glowing black hellfire and disappearing blood. You watch. You won't remember us. His head nodded forward to the wheel, and it blared. The channel changed. What the hell are you doing? That was Uncle Barney. I'm pretty sure he just died. That's not appropriate for young eyes. Not yourself, but it... Least of all, Mickey. Think about him for once in a while. Dad, that was Uncle Barney and his whole family. No, it wasn't. Well, uh, who was it then? I don't know. 
Switch the channel back on. No, Maximus, don't you even think about it. I went to the TV itself and switched through the channels. That was Uncle Barney. Who else would it look like? I don't know, Max. I couldn't see his face. The camera was too blurry. My heart drained as I flipped through the channels. I would only have seconds. There, I found it, with the camera still on Uncle Barney's face in the rerun while he was still talking. His name was on the screen. About that, my heart dropped three paces. Who is this Uncle Badney you're talking about? I can see his name right here, but Maximus, your mother was an only child. Something snickered in the far corner of the room. Don't you all notice? That doll moves on its own. It's been possessing us, one by one, killing us horribly. And then everyone just forgets that person ever existed. Except me. It's, it's going to take my soul. I moved the doll. Me too. We all play with it. Dad gave me a strange look as he was concerned for my sanity. Maximus, I, I need to talk to you. He took me to the stairs. Behind everyone, the doll waves, rolling its fingers. Is everything all right? First you take the doll out of your sister's arms, then you try to rip it. We all love that doll, Max. It's been here forever. It's like a member of the family. In your imaginations? In our imaginations, yes, but sometimes the things we poses are more important than blood. My blood chilled deeper, deeper every time. Dad would never say something like that, would he? I looked into his eyes and they were black. Not just the pupils, the whole eye in a glossy darkness that reflected and shined light so that none shone through past it. Go to your room now and think about what you've done. All hope is gone. I can't remember when I felt it last. Hell must be better than this. I have to kill myself before it takes my soul. But will that be any better? Hollow. I headed up the stairs into my room and locked the door. I tried, the cut grazing and superficial. No matter how hard I tried, my arm was strengthless, held back by itself. Maybe this is all a dream. Maybe if I go to sleep, this will all go away. I slept then, feeling safe in an unsafe world. I awoke. You're never safe. The sun outside the window in the same spot that it ever was. The house was utterly quiet. A dead silence. I went downstairs and looked, looked in the kitchen, the living room, the centrifugal halls and the garage. The cars were gone. Both of them. Maybe everyone went on a trip without me. But I couldn't fool myself. Not really. I went back inside and stood in front of the basement door, sweat dripping down my body. I took a deep breath in, but when it came down to it, I couldn't check. The basement was the last place everyone could be, and I couldn't check there. 
To do that would be to give up hope. I had to check there last. I could hear the TV on down there, bussing in static. I checked the yard. First the front, then the back, and then the front again. The doll was in the window in my room. Maybe they did leave. Left forever. Maybe they were safe. I didn't fool myself. But I remember something. The mailbox. The letter and the booklet and the velvet bag were still in there. I opened it, feeling like I was awning into a reality so deep. The sun was setting. I read. And I read. And I read. I burst back into the house. Light and love, that was the seeds needed. Seeds with heat would grow and shine light and hope in the purest darkness. But they needed love. My door room slammed open, and it was empty, like no one had even lived there. I went to that warmest place in the room, the vent, and put the seeds in the soil at its corner. Grow. I threw water on it, and a tiny leaf poked through, and the hint of a stem. Love. Its stalk grew, and I stoked the love in my chest, like a fire. The plant was everything. It would save me. The sun descended behind the street, perfect red and gold. Light. I turned on every light in the room, including the bathroom, then the closet light. I was walking past the door when it bowed inward, a swirling black tempest behind it, sucking the light from the room. Light! I locked the door with the feeling of plunging my fingers into the whole nest of vipers, pulling it back too quickly. It wasn't locked all the way, but it held. The blackness consumed the light from the door's corners. I could feel it sucking on my soul. Apart from my body, the darkness grew, awning in the room. Light. I did the last thing I could think of. I found my lighter and held it next to the plant. I could see it curling as it grew, the holy white light from it growing tenuously stronger. The sun set. I looked back towards the door, and it was calm, but its fringes were still darker than ink. The whole house was. Then I heard the door slam. The other door. I heard the second door slam. Inside the Jack and Jill bathroom. The lighter burned my fingers. Love, love, love. I love you. I love you. I love you. I tried to make their faces fill my mind of the few precious times we had together, tried to remember the joy of having a real family. But they slipped through my fingers like ethereal grain. I couldn't remember their faces. I couldn't remember the good times. I couldn't even remember who they were. The final door slammed open. But I didn't look. Love. Love, I love you. B please love me back. I tried to feel love, but the only thing I felt was fear. Cold, cold sweat ran down my back.
from a radiated cold and darkness and fear. A wind snuffed out my light. I looked. It was there. Had it always looked so demonic? Its stitched smile was hamshackle as it floated, its eyes crooked, one reflecting the light from the little plant as it moved closer. Darkness emanated from it so powerful it snuffed memory. It was cold. Its hair floated on an invisible breeze, like it was underwater, and black fire radiated from the floating strands in a nimbus. It grew and grew, pulling me in. I cowered. I could see something behind it, as tall as the room. A living shadow. My mouth fell open. The light was snuffed out. I awoke. It was all just a dream, disappearing from the fringes of my mind. The door was open, and the light from the hallway spilled in. I went over to close it, but just kept on walking. I put my hands on the banister with an iron grip I couldn't unleash. I couldn't unleash it. I vault over and plummet down, my face against the stairs. Crack! I awoke, for real this time, in a freezing, dark room, drenched in sweat. I must have left the window open. And so I did. But I was too afraid to close it without the light on. I flipped it on and walked over to close the window when I saw the pale's girl face in my own reflection. A few days later, my neighbor crashed into that tree down the road from my house. The Doll by Rob Blackfire 364 Part 2 Well, folks, that's our story tonight. Rothrick and I hope you enjoyed it. We sure had a great time bringing it to you, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another chilling tale from the dark chamber. And just a note, if you're an aspiring author and you want your story read here on Tales from the Dark Chamber, send us a note at talesfromthedarkchamber at gmail.com. If it creeps old Rothrick out enough, we'll air it. And subscribe to our podcast for notification of our next new episode or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Tales from the Dark Chamber and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. If you want your story read for your own use or you just want to have it, check out my website at woodygvoiceover.net. You can order there or you can find me on Upwork as Woody G. And again, thank you for listening tonight. <laughs>